Welcome to this month's episode of Passport 2, Celebrating Women. On March the 8th, we celebrated International Women's Day and all year round at Citizen Femme, we celebrate women. On this episode, we are shining the light on a special woman, Citizen Femme's very own founder, editor and host of Passport 2. I'm Sylvie, the creative producer of the podcast, and for this episode, the hostess with the mostess. Hostess with the mostess, I'm not sure about that. <laughs> I'll take it. It's nice to be on the other side. Not sure I'll have all the answers, but I'll try. We'll see. So we've been blessed to have had some really cool guests on this podcast. Let's reflect. First off, what has been the funniest thing a guest has said? The funniest thing. Well, all of the guests have such incredible personalities and they bring something wonderful to all of the chats that we have. Um, it's always the experiences that a guest has that makes it a bit mad. Mm. The very, very first one we did, if you remember, was all about well-being. First one last year. And we had Amy Hopkinson, the editor of Women's Health Online. Yeah. And her experiences as a journalist on the health and well-being crazes. And so she told us all about uh, vaginal jade eggs. I think that was a bit of a shock. And about women going to Tesco's with their vagina stuffed with a jade egg, that was probably one of the highlights and not what I expected in the first podcast we were ever to do. But that was great. That was memorable. It's good. I, I love a good story. Exactly. Okay. And what episode has inspired you the most and why? Again, all of them are brilliant in what they bring. Um, we talked about what makes a hotel great. And that was all about the running of the hotel and really in informational is that a word mm. um, very informative thank you that's word very informative <laughs> I should know better as a journalist uh, then um, travel influencing and all this stuff but I think I'm going to go back to that very first one when it was Amy and talking about her grandmother being a yogi at 90 years old and the inspiration of that and how it's a big part of her family and her balance between work and and well-being and we had Nicola talking about um, finding or being the founder of Neom Organics and that whole journey and how it started and um, creating these products, which is now huge. And everywhere you go, you see these products. So that probably was the most inspirational for me so far. We discussed this earlier and we're going to come back to it about understanding people's journey, how important that is. It is everything. I mean, me as an entrepreneur and my journey, the fight, the struggle, the highs and lows, all of the people that we've had on the podcast have told us about their journey. They've been really, really honest. That's what makes it interesting. And people want, they don't want to hear that there is no such thing as an overnight success. Mm -hmm. And what is success? It, it doesn't, you know, that's, it's just a word. Everyone is always striving to do more, especially all the women that we've had talk are striving to do better, more, give back, whatever they're trying to do. So I forgot your question, but it's <laughs> it's that honesty that they've all brought to the table and kind of explained about their journey and that struggle and that fight and the celebrations as much as the tears. So to answer my question, Thanks. <laughs> ultimately all of the women that we've had on have been inspiring. 100%. I mean, that's the aim of the podcast, right? That's the aim of the podcast. As we move further into our podcast, we've had five great episodes. Who have we really got to track down and get on the podcast moving forward? Oprah. I would love that. <laughs> I think she's amazing. <laughs> or Ellen. Ellen DeGeneres. Okay. And okay. Are we and working on that? What would be like the, the magic, the saucy question that we have to ask them? 
You know what I'd really want to know? I would want to know who they would choose to sit next to for a pizza on a Sunday night with a movie. That's, I would want to know their actual real life, what they do, how they deal with life. That's what I would want to get under the skin of. Yeah. That would be really interesting. Because you see them on the front of it and yeah, they talk about their journeys and all of that, but what's behind all of it? That's what I would love to find out about all these really interesting women who've had to fight in the battle that they face daily. The creative side of what someone visualizes their vision and how they, they picture it. They set a target, they set a goal, and how do they get there? What do they do to mentally to help themselves get there? That's really interesting to find out from anybody. I mean, filmmakers, authors, mm. actors, anybody who, help, who has a vision and tries to get to that end goal, which is an always moving end goal. But what's the journey and what helps them get there? Those are the questions that I would have for these people. We spoke about this last month when we met up, actually. And amongst conversations with friends, what keeps coming up is how easy it is to appear that you've gone from being a beginner to successful. What has been your journey and how did Citizen Femme come to be? Um, Citizen Femme started on a complete whim, actually. I was on a trip. I was going to Istanbul. <clears throat> I was going to Istanbul with a bunch of girlfriends. And we stayed at a hotel, which I won't name, and I thought it was paying, you know, a decent amount of money, and it wasn't great. And I thought, who would I ask? Where would I go for this advice? You've got all the wonderful magazines and this, but who's really going to tell me what makes my trip memorable? And I thought I'd ask a friend who's been there before. That's what you do. And you've got thousands of incredible blogs and, and mag you know, all of that out there. And sometimes people don't have that patience to trail through those blogs or unless they have a favorite. Mm -hmm. So that's basically where Citizen Femme was born. And I thought, let me <laughs> have a punt. Let's see what happens. I didn't have an end goal in mind. I reached out to a few friends, all really wonderfully brilliant, intelligent women, some full-time mums, some bankers, some ladies who lunch, you know, a good mix of all of them who have different opinions. And then I said, would you like to write about a hotel or an experience? And that's basically where it was, that's how it all started. And it grew and I went, oh my God, that, you know, people are really enjoying what's being said. It's honest and they're relating to everything. And then it grew from there and it's a year and a half old. So it's not, it's still very young. It's still a little baby. But since then we've got almost 50 contributors, daily content, great stories, really good relationships with, with hotels and brands. And it, Citizen Femme has grown a respect, but it's, you know, it's not been an easy journey. It's been a hard old graft to earn the respect and build those relationships and have the kind of content. You can probably hear some zoom in and vrooming in the background. We are in central London recording this. So mm -hmm. please excuse the central London vibe. <laughs> Love the central London vibe. <laughs> Embrace it. Uh, so the process has been wonderful. I've learned a lot. I've never edited a magazine. I've always wanted to, but you kind of learn on the job. They say you fake it till you make it, right? Yeah. So that's pretty much what I'm doing. But you see what someone likes and you give them more. You see what someone doesn't and you take it away. It's just, it's learning along the way. If I think I'm going to read about it and me and my friends or family are going to enjoy that or want to know about something, there's a good chance that someone else is going to want to know about it. And that's how it's all grown. So all the stuff that we're planning and that we're looking at, it's based on, I would quite like that. I can't find that anywhere all right, let's start it. You mentioned one thing that I would recommend people to do more of. 
utilize your network. Yeah, you have to. I mean, you build relationships and friends over the years and often they're similar to you. Mm -hmm. So you have something in common. So as much as possible, if it doesn't, you know, cut into their time and it's something that's out of reach for them, tap into your network as much as possible. And hopefully, I mean, it started that everything that I was asking for them, they were also benefiting from it. They were enjoying it. They were reaping some benefits, whether it was a creative outlet or something, trying new places. Okay. It was a mutual benefit. Yeah. Yeah. Social media has been a talking point through pretty much all of our episodes. Running an online entity, how do you deal with social media pressure? I don't see it as a pressure. I find social media to be a bit of a nuisance, quite honestly. I think it's integral because I look at it daily. Um, I use it for as inspiration for travel. I'll find restaurants or pictures or places that friends have been and that's where I end up going more often than seeing something in a magazine. I shouldn't say that, but that's where I will find my inspiration. So... The only pressure I really have is keeping up my own Instagram. I'm rubbish at doing that. But I think it is integral for the magazine, for everybody we work with, for the brands that we work with. That's more important for them than the actual editorial side. I love discussing travel. It seems to be the go-to uplifter, obviously. Where's been your favorite place to travel? Italy, always Italy. I think I was an Italian in a past life. I'm beyond obsessed with Italy. Um, I did a trip a couple of years back driving through Italy. It's my honeymoon in two months. And instead of doing some beautiful beach destination, we've decided we're gonna book three hotels, drive from the north of Italy all the way to the south and just find our way. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, that's nice. It's gonna be really lovely. So always Italy, I go back all the time. I love it. I've got, I mean, I've got a whole bunch of places that I'm dying to go to, but that's just my favorite place to go. I love the food, I love the people, I love the language. Italian. Not a word. <laughs> I should. <laughs> I sense a road trip episode coming up. I think so. Get a nice car brand on board. <laughs> exactly, that'll be good. Imagine, and I know this will take a lot of imagination as your schedule is super busy. I got, I got an imagination. I'm but sorry. imagine you have 10 days to yourself and you book a flight. Where will you go and what will you do? So there's two things. I've got a few places on my bucket list, but there's two things that I really really want to do okay one is I just want to show up to the airport at one of the terminals with my passport and go okay where can I go without a visa okay that I would do and just 10 days I would go and just go to airports and I'd airport like country skip wow that would be awesome and I don't care where it is I do that solo for sure so I have no one else's opinions bothering me it's just wherever I want to do the second thing which I'm really intrigued I don't know if I could manage it but have you heard of Vipassana no so I think it's seven or 10, but I think it's the first time you do it. It's 10 days of pure silence. Okay. No phones, obviously. No TVs, nothing. You don't talk to anybody. And you're up, I think, at five or six. I don't know the exact details, but you're up first thing in the morning. You're meditating, eating at set hours. You're in bed by, you know, seven or eight or whatever it is. But you're in pure silence. And I, I have a bunch of friends that have done it. And I'm so intrigued. I, I think I'd go mad after two days uh but can you imagine that time to just sit and let your mind process everything and what god knows what thoughts will cross your mind i don't know if i'll come out with so much to say to people or just clarity but it would be so interesting so i think i would 
do one of the, one of the two. There's no particular, you know, we're so spoiled that we can travel and I'm able to travel and I'm in such a lovely industry that I can, my work takes me traveling. Mm-hmm. So this is just a bit different. It would yeah. be interesting. Pure silence. Pure and utter silence. I don't know if I can keep my mouth shut for more say, than an hour. Could, could you successfully do it for 10 days? I'd have to. <laughs> I might run away after 48 hours. But I have friends that have done it. I have a friend that did it actually. She went to a place called Joshua Tree in California. And she said, after two days, I was so scared that I'd lost my voice because I hadn't heard myself. So I went to the bathroom. I was like, ah, hello. Is it? <laughs> she wasn't sure her voice was still there. She's like, I haven't heard it. Have I still got it? That was brilliant. That sounds like something I would do. And the other thing, actually, is just to do 10 days of charity. But I would lo- I'd do that anyway. Yeah. But just to take time out and just go. And 10 days is never quite enough. It's got to be like months yeah. or a lifetime. But to take time out to do that would be really satisfying it would be really lovely it's a staycation term i'm quite new to the term i don't know are you really new to the term? staycation I am. it's been around for yonks it's great well i'm i'm new to it but we often think of taking time out as having to leave the country where has been your favorite hotel or place to stay in england with a staycation i love staycations um, it's such an easy thing to do. For me, actually, going to Paris is great just for one or two nights because the time it takes you to go to the Cotswolds is the same it takes you to get to Paris. But UK country manners and UK and Ireland, the escapes, are beautiful. They they do such good jobs of hotels. So there's a bunch of places in the Cotswolds that I love, but I'll get to that one in a second. I love Tewton Glen. It's this gorgeous country manor with these tree houses, a spa. The products are amazing. It's easy to get to. It's really, really lovely. Uh, And the rooms are luxurious. Uh, Anything in the Cotswolds is always great. Uh, I love pubs. I love country pubs. Yeah. Yeah, so you go, you can have a lovely meal in the hotel, and on a Sunday night, you go for a pub lunch. What's better in in the UK than going for a pub lunch? So that's very grounding and really lovely and warm and homely thing to do. And it feels like a getaway. Soho Farmhouse, beautiful. Um, Pendley Manor Hotel in Hertfordshire, it's lovely. Staycations are are very easy. They're very doable. They still feel like a holiday. They're great. The UK does it so well. Everybody should do a staycation. It just makes that traveling so much easier. It's so easy to have that just getaway if you're living in a city to have that getaway. And I mean, in any country, whoever's listening, whatever country you're in, you've got the kind of the countryside escape. Mm-hmm. Going from New York, you go to, I don't know, Connecticut. You can go to Westchester, I think it's called, or you, people go to the Hamptons. So you've got all these things just outside of the city mm-hmm. for that escape. You mentioned a couple of places on your travel bucket list. I got four places. Well, I mean, lots of places, but at the top there, Cuba. Okay. Where about? Anywhere. Everywhere. I just got back from Cuba two months ago. I recommend, recommend it? Yeah, go. I mean, you're not going for the food, but do go. Okay. Argentina? <laughs> yes. Food, you know, all of that. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Uh, Japan. So interesting. And Russia. My nan's been twice. She loves it. Great. <laughs> Your nan can give me all the tips. Maybe she can do an article for us. <laughs> I would love it so these are just yeah really lovely all the cities are wonderful I mean I have my regular places I go all the time but these are right up there on my list okay 
Don't ask me about packing. I'm the worst packer in the world. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, we're currently looking at... I'm looking at a gorgeous globetrotter luggage, which I'm dying to take out for a spin. It, it looks beautiful. It it's really this really beautiful beige globetrotter luggage. I have to put a picture up later. It's so pretty and I can't wait to take it. I just, I want to take it somewhere. I need to book a trip just to take the suitcase out. It's like getting a new pair of shoes. It's nice. Yeah. It's very nice. Okay. Well, <laughs> you have unlimited access to one person's wardrobe for the day. Whose is it? Just for the day. That's no fun. <laughs> I mean... Um, Amal Clooney. Oh, yes, George Clooney's wife. She's yes. A lawyer, She's brilliant. Okay. She'd also be someone I'd love to talk to. Okay. So interesting, brilliant, bright woman. Dresses immaculately and so elegantly. Blake Lively. She always looks very cool. Um, Olivia Culpo. Okay. I mean, I picked three stunning women. But forget stunning. They're also brilliant in their own right. Uh, yeah, I'd take all of the above okay. for one. more than a day. The one thing that I love about Amal Clooney, when when I see any newspaper reports, it's like Amal Clooney and George Clooney. Like I love it. When they got married, they said, um, Amal Clooney, human rights lawyer, marries actor. I thought it was brilliant. Because it shouldn't be George Clooney. She's, in her own right, fantastic. That made me very happy reading that. I hope you enjoy listening to our Citizen Femme podcasts. Please subscribe on Apple and you can catch up on all of the episodes and get an automatic update when our next episode comes out. If you enjoy our podcast, please support us by rating it. Leave us reviews, recommend us to your friends, shout about it, tweet about it, Instagram it, do all of the above. Thank you. <laughs>